You're now listening to Too Old for Excuses podcast, a show where we have candid conversations about finding the inspiration and motivation to reinvent your career, lifestyle, and creative goals with a little bit of humor sprinkled in. Welcome to the Too Old for Excuses podcast. I'm Lee Valentin. I'm Stu Bill. And this is our story, man. Let's talk about how we started this podcast, right? So. Uh, well, it took a while to start it. Uh, we kept debating. We thought about like what would be a good idea for a podcast, and then we thought of something that's uh, kind of unique to the both of us, and it was like that we started uh, kind of the comedy journey, stand-up comedy journey in New York City, kind of at an, a later stage in life. So then that's where that came about. And then... We were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it. And then we kind of kept making excuses as to why we're not going to do it. Like, excuses came up. Like, everybody has a podcast already. We're too old for this. Who's going to listen to it? And hence, uh, it's like part of the the name kind of goes with what was happening to us at that time, which was like, yo, we're too old for excuses. Let's just, Let's just do it, right? And the whole point of this podcast is we want to bring value to the people who are watching, listening. Um, we want you to believe in yourself no matter what age you are. Uh, if you want to start something creative, if you want to start something entrepreneurial, uh, there's no better time than right now. You have the age, you have the experience, you have the know-how. And worst case scenario, you can just go back to um, you can go back to doing whatever it is that you were doing prior to you taking the leap. Um, and we're going to share stories of creatives and entrepreneurs who started past the age of 30, 35. I think 40 would probably be better. But anyone who started something creative or entrepreneurial past the age of 30, 35. And that will help you, the listener, viewer, uh, get some encouragement, you know, and and take the leap and do it for yourself and see other people who have done it in different um, in different aspects of life at a later stage. And they're successful doing it. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's part of the the scary part of you feel like you're alone, especially if you're venturing into something that, at least for us, like stand up comedy generally is like young. It's a young people's thing, like young people start in their twenties generally. So it is scary to find like other people that are your like. And usually, the later you get in life, like the less peers you're gonna have doing something like this, because most people are either tied down like marriage, kids, or they're they're making excuses. And it, 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 really, that's what it is. Right, right. You know, they use that as excuses to kind of keep them from actually going out and doing it. And I think, like you mentioned, yeah, the purpose of this is that people listen and they see stories of so many people that are actually making it happen. And then maybe that'll ignite something in you that you're like, oh, wait, like if this person, like, yeah, why can't, you know, it doesn't have to be like in one week, one year, maybe it takes two years, but like at least you put the pieces in place to start getting you towards right, that. Uh, right. Yeah. And and I don't want to give any false hope to the listeners either. We're not going to bring entrepreneurs who are making zillions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to see Jeff Bezos here. <laughs> <or> <laughs> no. We want to bring in regular everyday people who are just like us who decided to do something and are doing it and feel success. Because I think people see, they want to, sometimes you may see uh, someone doing something who's like you, but you're like, I can never achieve that level of success, right? And that also becomes an excuse, yes. right? So you're like, you know, this guy, you know, invented something and all of a sudden he's this big entrepreneur at the age of 35 and, you know, he's making so much money. I could never do that. No, but we want to take the stories of regular everyday people who are still working, who are still on the in the grind, 
or in the matrix as some of my friends like to call it and uh and are, are also pursuing their creative goals yeah so why don't we get into a little bit about your story first and how you got started in stand-up? Because you do so many things, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I end up doing, yeah, I'm, uh, do many things, uh, but not none of them well. Um, no. Uh, so my story is like, um, I always had like a creative spirit, artistic spirit. Uh, somehow like I, I majored in media and communications and then somehow like trying to find a job, I ended up in healthcare and then I was kind of working pretty much professionally in healthcare for a bit. And then um, the whole like trying to, you know, climb up the corporate ladder like it just wasn't for me. And I got kind of like, uh, I don't want to say shitted on, but like situations where it was like when it was time for me to advance, like some somehow I hit a roadblock or there was an excuse, what I felt were excuses because I feel like I did a good job at what I did. You know what? Let me, I'm, I'm sorry to stop you, mm -hmm. but you bring up a good point. Like some people think that uh, at some point, you know, you go to school, you get the degree, you, you get into a corporate job and then you climb that corporate ladder. But you said something interesting. You said, you didn't want to climb the corporate ladder. And that's weird to hear me say knowing you personally because I know how hard you work and how much effort you put into everything you do. So is what was it that at that point you said, you know, this is not for me? Maybe it's it's the getting turned away, mm. but were you putting the same effort into into the corporate as you would as you are doing the creative thing. Yes, I was, yeah. Like I started working with a company that I really enjoyed working at and then um, a bigger company bought that company and then it like dissolved and then I had to find a new place to work. So that was a big shock. Yeah, fuck that company. Exactly. <laughs> so I went to work for another company and then that company was hell. And then I switched and went to another company and then in this company I was like, you know, every, I was well regarded by the way I worked. So then when, uh, when I asked like for a raise or, or after like two years and a half, and a change in position, it's like they just gave me the runaround while many people were like getting promoted, et cetera. And then I was like, eh. And then I told them I was quitting. They offered me like a lot more money, a managerial position. And then by that point, it was like my heart was just not in it. Like I thought about it and I was like, yeah. And then I uh, and then I said no to uh, their offer of more money. And then I've been poor ever since, uh, <laughs> struggling pretty much. But, uh, but that's kind of what got me like back into the artistic world. And I took some time off. I got into like acting, which I wanted to do. Um, and at what age did you decide to start acting? I was already like acting like uh, 30s. Wow. Like 30s. To okay. act, like actually like try to pursue it. So then I did that for a few years. Always loved stand-up, always respect the stand-up, but it was super scary. It's always super scary, as you know. But you were still working at the time that you were doing acting. Yeah. Once I started doing acting, I started navigating more to like uh, kind of like uh, freelance jobs, you know, flexible jobs, you know, uh, like a bunch of odd jobs just to like you know, be able to go to auditions and stuff like that. Which is a struggle for most people yes. because most people, like you're lucky, like you didn't ruin your life and have children, right? And <laughs> Or get married, right? Which for some people, that's what they want to do and that's cool. It's a dumb decision, but some people want to do that, but you didn't do that. So you have the you had the flexibility of taking part-time jobs or freelance work and doing that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, for those people who are out there who don't have those you know, who, who do have the flexibility, you know, you can still work and do freelance, but also pursue um, yeah, the artistic yeah. side. If yeah. If you don't have any like major time commitments or family obligations, then yeah, that's a, that's, you know, and then the way I ended up in, in stand-up comedy, it was kind of uh, some, you know, after acting for a while, I was like, eh, I, I always wanted to try stand-up. And then uh, I went ahead and got like a master's degree. So then I was away for, for the arts for like two years while I was focusing on 
finishing the master's, just working. I was going to go to South Korea to teach for like two years. That was my plan. That was dope. And That's then, dope. Uh, yeah, the whole process for that takes a bit. It takes like seven, six months. Like you got to send fingerprints to FBI and it's a long process and applications. And then while that process was going on, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I was going to get arrested by sending my fingerprints. <laughs> no, no, it would be like, uh, no, no, uh, we got his fingerprint results. Let's send him to North Korea instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So then uh, during that time, I was like, yo, like I'm gonna take the, this like few months off uh, while I, I finish. I graduated, got the master's. I'll take these few months off. And I'll either try to get back into acting or actually start like getting into stand up. And like, and I was like, if I don't do either, then that means like my artistic spirit is kind of dead. Mm. And I'll just go to South Korea and just become, you know, and just teach. And, uh, and on, then I started doing the stand up thing, started helping a friend of mine who had started a show and Jerron. Uh, they had started a show. So I was helping them like market the show, promote the show. And then she started giving me like spots. And then that's kind of, uh, how I got into it. I, I almost like kind of in a way pushed her because she was telling me she was thinking and I was like, yeah, do it, do it. So I was living like vicariously through her. Like I wouldn't do it myself, but I was like, yeah, you got to do it. You got to, you should start a show. <laughs> you you, should start you a were cheerleading. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should start a stand-up show. Like, yeah, that's great. Oh my God, yes, do it. And uh, and then through that, you know, I'm grateful that she started that show and I was able to like get my feet wet and then it was like, oh shit, like I really, I really enjoy this. Like, it's like, you know, it's like a drug as you know, yeah. you do stand-up. And then I stayed, didn't go to Korea and uh, stayed, uh, doing stand-up and that was how I uh, ended up and been doing stand-up ever since. Yeah, that's a good story. You know what's funny is that you said that you were cheerleading, uh, which is interesting because that's kind of what we want to do. We want to cheerlead everybody who's out there who's fucking thinking of doing. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, if you're thinking of doing stand-up, don't because <laughs> actually, no, you know what the cool thing about it? I love how we're laughing and making fun, but Max is not even paying attention. <laughs> yeah, our, our, our producer's like, <laughs> our producer's like, I, I listen to a bunch of motherfuckers talk all the time. I don't need to hear you guys. <laughs> uh, but no, so we we want to, it's, I, I had the realization that no, not too many people are not coming into comedy, right? Because the more people that come in, they have more shows, which means more opportunities for us to get on stage because they're going to need people, right? you know, and then uh, I, th I was talking to somebody the other day and I forget who it was, but they were like, yeah, people are going to come into comedy, but then you know, we become friendly with them and a lot of people fall off, right? They don't yeah. continue. I just, I just had that conversation yesterday with Dan Carney, like, like so many- And then they become and, fans, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. And then they become fans because they know you. And, you know, that's the whole thing about now building a fan base is kind of like, you know, whoever you know becomes can become a fan instantly. Yeah. Even if they did comedy before, they have that in and they know you and they're friendly with you, so they become fans as yeah. well instantly. And that's so. similar to like pursuing anything. Uh, people eventually are gonna get on your, like if, you know, if it's a business thing, usually you go to networking events, I'm assuming, you meet people that are in that same thing. You might meet other people that are also starting out this business, this dream time, and you make these kind of, and you know, it's, it's, I think it's similar to, to the way we pursue comedy, right? You build this network of people that eventually they're gonna also support you, right? Even if your like friends won't, because it's like those people in this world they'll understand like what your world is like. Yeah, I think it's good that we have. By the way, um, the crew that puts this podcast together, you and I, um, unusual culprits. Shout out to the other members of the unusual culprits. Um, it's good to have you guys in the group, right? Even though I'm not in the group chat. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's good to have a group of guys that we came in at the same time. Mm -hmm. We get along well. We understand the struggle because I talk about this all the time is that, you know, when you have a bad night, yeah, you can go home and your wife or your significant other can console you, but they don't understand the struggle, right? I can't, uh, you know, I can also bounce things off of you guys, but it's good to have people, no matter what industry you're in, to have, I know uh, in the business world, they talk about mentors and mentees, right? But it's also good to have peers who are going through the same thing as you and who can, you can bounce things off of or who you can kind of bitch and complain to, right? About a bad set or, you know, because we've all been through the same thing, right? right? And not very many people have that, uh, that same um, experience, you know, so we're going through the same experience at the same time. We've been doing comedy around the same time, but uh, we also understand one another. So that's yeah. good to have. And it keeps us going, right? Because yeah, yeah. every week, one of us wants to quit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Literally, like really every week, every bad show, we're like, why am I doing this? Every time, you know, it was raining outside, it was pouring, you know, we're trying to do this podcast. And I'm like, why is it that every time we no, try to do something? I, right, right, right. Something always like, you know, goes ghost shit. Yeah, yeah you know it's it's like the gods don't want us to uh they don't want us to succeed but they don't want we, us to make this podcast but we pursue anyway yeah. and shout out to stand up new york labs for yeah yeah, yeah. Hosting this us is a great great uh, space. beautiful space yeah. um all right we want to get before we run out of time get into your story how you got into it but also i'm gonna read like a kind of uh some data all right so this is according to uh inc.com I guess, I think it's some dude, Peter Economy wrote this, but 60% of us make New Year's resolutions each year. Sadly, only about 8% of us achieve them. So that's a very interesting and almost sad statistic. 60% make, so only 60% actually make a plan like, yo, I'm going to do something. I'm going to lose weight. And those are New Year's I'm resolutions. Gonna, right. Or, New Year, just New Year's resolutions. Right. I'm going to start. And then from that 60% that actually like give it a try. Then from that, only 8% like actually achieve them. Like, like they like stick to them. And that's probably like just a New Year's resolution. Maybe it's a one-year thing and only 8% of those. Of that wow. 60%, only 8% actually like stick to it. Wow. So that's... um. And some of us have been making New Year's resolutions. Yeah, dude, I've made, I've made, yeah, I have some New Year's resolutions that I've been making for like what, like thirty years, and I've never, <laughs> I don't even know at this point, like, should I like even write anything down at this point? Um, but yeah, you keep you keep making excuses in your head, and at this point, I'm making that same excuse, like, oh, I'm too old to like get into this now. Right, I'm right. old to I'm too old to like take some time to learn the guitar. Yeah, that I've always wanted to learn the guitar. Yeah, so it's interesting how you're the mind. Uh, but at least you know what you want to put your time to, and and with with that, it's kind of like sixty percent, only sixty percent of people. That means forty percent of the people don't give a fuck that it's. They don't even year. try. Yeah, they, they, don't, they, don't, give a, they <laughs> don't give a fuck. They're like, ah, fuck this. Like, I'll stay. I'll stay in my same situation. I'm, They're happy with their situation. Yeah. So forty. Some are not happy though. Not everybody's happy. Right. Some are just like eh, fuck it. I'll just go through the motions and that's and I'll I'll die and yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And eight percent of those people only follow through, which means that they either have easy resolutions or they're really you know ahead of everybody else. Yeah. But um, I don't I I don't think I make resolutions anymore because I'm like okay, every day is a new day to start something new, yeah, and I don't see the years passing as a new time. I see 
the days passing as a new that's time. A, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good mindset to have and to like flip your brain, yeah, because you put all this pressure on New Year's resolutions and that's an easy way to- I'm gonna wait till get, the new year, I'm gonna wait till Monday. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, start this shit this, yeah, today. Yeah. Start it today. Start it right now, yeah, whatever it is Write it in your calendar, you whatever it is you wanna do, make a note, like this is, I'm gonna start doing whatever it is I'm gonna do. So Lee, let's take a little bit about your journey. Your journey's uh, different from mine because you're like, you were already like married, you had marriage, house, like kids. Yeah. So you even have like less of a reason to actually pursue it because you have a, a bunch of like things that could be excuses. Yeah. So let's talk about like when you got the, I guess the urge to try to go into stand-up comedy and like actually pursue it and what things were keeping you from actually getting into it earlier. Yeah. So my story is a little bit different, like you said, in that I was already married. I was already, I already had children. And I was already in my career. So I was working a good job. And uh, shout out to one of my brothers, Mike. He uh, he wanted to write a movie, mm. right? So I'm the type of dude where if you're like, yo, let's do something, I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm down. You know, let's go rob this bank. All right, I'm down. You know what I'm saying? Like anything, I'm down for my boys, whatever it is. So he was like, I want to write a movie. And um, I was like, bet. So he wanted to take this. He signed. He wanted to sign up to take this writing class. He gave me the details. Um, I signed up. He didn't. And a year later, um, I decided to, you know, pursue it. Right. I was like, I have, you know, this thing out there. I might, I've already paid for it. Might as well use it. So a whole year later, um, I took this writing class I th and I didn't really know what it was. It was a comedy writing class and, uh, you know, it turned out to be a good experience. So at the end, you get to do a show. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm familiar with those type of guys. But what, did you, um, was it something like you had thought of doing of getting into no. stand up or you just like went on a whim because he was doing it and he, you were like, yeah, oh, I had let me try no, it. I had no oh, idea. Wow. I had no idea. Um, I didn't even know that it was stand up, right? Until I got there. Um, and I had never thought about doing stand-up, right? I've, I had been to comedy shows and I hadn't, you know, known some comedians. Actually, it's funny. Yesterday I was talking about this. There's a comedian who's a producer who's, you know, does booker, bringer talent, right? He produces bringer shows and stuff like that. He's been doing it. I went to his first comedy show back in the day in like 1994. Wow. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's a touring comic now and all that stuff, but I, that was kind of like it's funny to Not still 94. see him. Then that was before Max was born. That's why Max is like these motherfuckers. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some old ass. This ninety four is when he was born. Holy shit! I got kids like, older than dinosaurs. <laughs> He's looking at us like T Rex. Like motherfuckers. He was a tickle in his daddy's nutsack in ninety four. No, but yeah. So was it ninety four? No, it wasn't ninety four. It was actually two thousand four. I'm sorry. You were already you're already born. So it was two thousand four. I think that I saw his first show. Anyway, so. Yeah, I had no idea. But I had prior performing experiences because I was in a rap group before. Mm -hmm. And we came really close to making it and I fucked it up because I had a kid at that time. Oh, okay. And I um I was <laughs> it's funny because I'm I'm seeing similar things happening like that happened at that time. Like I was more focused on, all right, I gotta raise my kid, I gotta go get this job, I gotta get my shit in order, I gotta get my shit together. So that fell through the wayside. And I, I spoke to one of the old members of the group recently, or one of the guys who was who was uh we came up with and was kind of like managing us a little bit. And he said, Yeah, the guys in the group were mad at you because we had a chance to make it to sign. And there are some 
who we were coming in with at that time, they're fucking multi-platinum artists and shit like that. Wow. And yeah, award-winning artists. And I kind of fucked that up for them. And it feels like you're fucking up on your I feel like I'm Co- fucking up on your conference. You're doing part two of this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm taking the whole shit down <laughs> again. <laughs> so yeah, so I had prior performing experience. So the com the stand-up thing. Um, at the end of the six weeks or whatever it was that we did the, the writing and the, the stand-up stuff, it ended in a graduation show as most people do. And from there, I kind of caught the bug. But I went through it with the uh, with the through the wrong route. And I, I don't want to get into the stand-up part of it, but I had I was going through a divorce at that time, um, which was really tough, and I was in debt a whole lot. And even though I had my career, going, I was in the middle of changing jobs because I was unhappy with my job. So at that time, my whole life was changing, you know? So I said, the comedy thing was kind of my outlet, but it gave me something to do to kind of keep my mind off of all the changes that were going on in my life. Right. So comedy was kind of like that outlet and it gave me something to focus on. So like in 2015, I started doing mics right here at Stand Up New York, right downstairs. I started too. And then, uh, and then it just became something that was like a daily thing. It, it just became something that we just did. And once you catch the bug or you you hear people laughing at something that you said, you get a rush that right, it's, right. is indescribable. So I had started many businesses before and failed at most of them, if not all of them. Some of them were semi-successful and success is, you know, objective. But um, yeah, so I had done all of these things and never done anything to completion. So this comedy journey is kind of like a culmination of all of those things that have not ever started. And now I have the flexibility where, um, you know, I manage my time with my son. You know, I let my wife know now um, that, you know, she's comfortable with me doing comedy and all that stuff. So it, I've been able to add it to my life. It's just become a thing that I do. It's like going to the gym. Right. For me. Right. It's like something that's a part of your life that you have to do, you know, and it's been great, man. But yeah, I still have a career. You know, I still manage my time with my son and, you know, I manage the the spousal time. Um, so there's really no excuse, man. Right. There's yeah. really no I mean, excuse. yeah, when I when I first got into comedy, it affected like a relationship I had at the time that I was because I was like starting comedy and I was into this relation and I didn't know how to like manage it because I was. Because I, I was similar to you in that I had started things and always like never followed them to completion. Some were semi-successful things, things that didn't pan out. But I never, so then when I started and I got this rush of comedy and I was always afraid like, oh my God, like it's going to go away or I'm going to get too old. So I didn't put like time into a relationship and my relationship at that time like crumbled. I didn't know how to manage like both comedy and 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 uh, a relationship. Because so, it's tough. Because it is tough. You know, you got to get up. You got to do the mics. You got to do the open mics. Sometimes you're getting homely. Yeah. You're tired. And it's like, no, no. I was like just, I was at a bar and there was like, there was no girls there. It was <laughs> I just, promise you. Yeah, I promise you. It was like three drunk and a crackhead. And they, uh, I promise you there was no girls there. It's not as glamorous as people think it is. That yeah. It's like these packed shows on the weekends and everybody's having fun and everybody, you know, after the show, everybody's like, oh my God, you, you know? Yeah. That's the thing about having a, a a partner who's understanding, you know, and we kind of shit on, um, and this is a a different topic, but we kind of shit on like comedy um, relationships. And we've probably had this conversation before, but those relationships are good because that that person understands. Yeah. They understand the craziness. Right. So if you're in a relationship with someone who's, 
understanding it's great. But if you're in a relationship with someone who's who understands the business or who's in the business, that's also great because yeah. you know you can spend time together, but you can also uh, know that yeah, this person is actually out working, and you know how difficult it is. Yeah. And um, excuse me, and stressful it is to do comedy. And I guess that like going back into the whole dream, because it's not just for comedy. It's, we're trying to apply this to everybody. Like if you have a partner, I guess, and you're starting something new, maybe bring that partner up to something, a networking event, and so they see what you know what that world is. And right. I think I didn't do that. The relationship that I had at the time when I was starting comedy that failed. It was like I wasn't doing a lot of that. Because she wanted to come out, but I was like, oh, no, you're not going to like Because it's like open mics, like they suck. There's no trust. Right, me, there's no, right, right. And I would never like. Make you don't want to turn that person off to it. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't want you to see. And then I, I'm always very self-conscious of me like performing. Like I want to be like almost as perfect yeah. as I can be uh, before I get to that. All yeah. right. So we're almost at time. But before we get to um, you mentioned one thing, you started here at Stand Up New York. This is actually a comedy club, although you can't tell. This is a separate room they have for podcasting, but they have an actual stage. It's a good club. That's also part of the thing of your journey of whatever you choose that you're going to start meeting mind like you know people that are like in the same wavelength and uh or thinking like you or have the same aspirations like that's how me and lee met we met at the open mic here yeah. like we have started out around the same time and i think a lot of the people in our crew the unusual corporates that we formed yeah we all met here we I all met here because yeah. we all started doing open mics here yeah cool so uh as we move on so that was our stories um i want to share something right um so this is an article, and I got to find it, which is uh, about doubt, right? How shout we... out to Above the Rest Bakery in the Bronx, by the way. Um, I'm giving shout outs on the podcast already. They they hooked us up with the uh, with the delicious apple pie. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Can't wait to get some of that. I had the I had the apple pie limo. That's my thing, B. Apple pie limo. I put the ice cream and the whipped cream. I'm a fat boy, B. I went full fat boy yesterday. Mess up my, uh... But it was good, Max. It was good. Yeah, good apple pie. pie. Yeah. Yeah, so shout awesome. out to them. Cool. All right. So this is um, this is an article from uh, it's actually an article from Prime Women, believe it or not. Prime Women is the article, and this article is about uh, how we kind of let doubt, especially as you get older, like keep you from uh, achieving the the things you want to uh, achieve. And uh, I'm trying to find the article. Yeah, right at, at at a younger age, you probably get into things and be like. And Max, I don't know how it is for you, but you, at a younger age, you just don't know or you just don't understand. You just have this belief that you can do all of these things and you're like, I'm young. But when you get old and cynical and you have all this doubt and this life experience, it becomes way more difficult. Yeah. Overcoming the mental challenges yeah, is way difficult. more difficult you know, because there's way more doubt because you don't see – you see younger – prettier people accomplishing all of these things and you have to look in the mirror and you're like I'm not any of those things how yeah. can how can I right but you have to overcome that doubt and put that belief in yourself that you can right and yeah, yeah, again yeah. I, I always harp back on this because success is objective like I said just like comedy but you don't have to be the most the most famous comedian or the best comedian or you know the 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 best makeup artists or the most famous makeup artists, but if you're making a living doing it, that's success. That's success, man. You know, so maybe you should adjust the level uh, of what you view success as, uh, no matter what it is that you're doing, and then it'll make it easier for you to just pursue that thing and just try to be the best that you can be at at it. You know, instead of putting all this pr extra added pressure 
on yourself yeah um, right. and go out there and achieve your shit that's uh yeah that's uh true all right so this is the article finally found it uh tracy march from prime women magazine me and lee uh read uh, women's articles <laughs> on our on our spare time <laughs> on our spare time we're supportive uh so you're not too old don't let age hold you back so there are plenty of excuses that show up throughout our lives and threaten uh to keep us from doing and accomplishing all of the amazing things we wish we could but when we reach a certain age we begin to tell our tell ourselves i'm too old to do the things or create the changes we really want in our lives and maybe it's because we feel that way because we see others uh our age align their ambitions to kind of fade away you know that they're looking back and we're just thinking about what what might have been and just settling for the idea that there were things that just weren't meant to happen in their lives meaning our lives you know so they're just winding down and strolling slowly uh towards the exit but the truth is we all have a lot of time left and so with the the advantages right of becoming older is like you have a, a little more wisdom you have more life experience right that could help you that's one of the advantages and you usually because we're older we'll probably have a little, a little bit more resources to invest maybe not in time but probably financially right, and things right, of that right. nature right um so yeah we have this amazing uh, potential to to make this amazing time in our lives so uh yeah so don't make excuses uh there's another article if you read the whole article about doubt and fear the i'm too old for excuse is really a clever disguise for doubt which keeps us stuck right it prevents us from taking risks and doing the things that we really can do and want to do we use it as a shield to protect ourselves from fear and failure ahead of time yeah we use doubt as a shield to protect ourselves from fear and failure ahead of time yeah that's tough, man. That's tough. And it's it's a protection. And, and that's the thing that you have to overcome is that doubt and that fear in your mind. Yeah, because um, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to fail. You don't want to then go back to your friends after you told them like, oh, I'm doing this. like, oh, what? you know, because everybody's going to. Oh, how's it? How's the thing going? The the little, you know, coffee making thing. Like, right. They, like, they come they come at you with the how's that thing that you're doing? Yeah, And you're like, <laughs> fuck them. Get new friends. Be. Yeah, get new friends. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man. This was a good episode. Um, thank you for listening, man. Check us out on Unusual Culprits. Follow us at Unusual Culprits on all the the channels, all IG, social Twitter, media. Yep, social yep. media. You can watch this uh, podcast on YouTube. It'll be up there soon. And uh, why don't you take us away with something? Man? Yeah, man. Uh, follow us on the social media channels. Uh, this podcast is also going to be on the, I guess, all the podcasting platforms. Uh, Apple. What is it called, Max? iTunes. Yeah, iTunes. Spotify. iTunes, Spotify, <laughs> Stitcher, exactly what Max said. We'll be there. Um, so yeah, just follow us. We'll keep uh, bringing more guests from uh, a lot of them are probably going to be. A few are going to be comedians because that's the people we know in our world that started uh, late in life. But then we're also going to bring some entrepreneurs. Uh, and if you know any entrepreneurs that are in New York City, somebody that started something late and uh, they're doing it, they're making it. Could be doesn't have to be comedy, business, anything. Uh, you know, send us an email on usualculprits at gmail.com and uh, we'll reach out and hopefully uh, we'll see them on the show and they can provide inspiration to somebody else who might have something that they're thinking of doing and they just keep putting it off. Uh, now's the time. Let's just uh, make it happen. Yeah. And remember this the limit is only in your mind, right? So don't limit yourself. Do what it is that you want. Start today and don't give up. You're never too old. Thanks for listening, y'all. Thank you all. Remember, it's never too late 